Uh, why? Um, what's the deal? What's what's the point? Um, because I think that is you know you can. Uh, I've been on several mission trips, and some people just uh, just like to go because they like to see a different part of the world. And I think God uses that. I always say you know bring on anybody. But as a, a Christian, uh, why should we? Why should we do this? And uh, we should be centered in God's word. So I want to open up tonight. And answer that question, not by anything that I would say, uh, or anybody else would say, but what the Bible says, okay? So if you got a Bible, turn with me. I'm going to throw out several scriptures, so I'll try to make sure you have time to, uh, to turn. But the first one would be in James, James, uh, James 1, James chapter 1, and then Galatians 2. So two letters that are fairly close together. But one reason we should go is for the least. Uh, now, if you read the Bible, if you go through it, whether it's in-depth or, or just skid the surface of the New Testament, uh, Jesus calls us, the New Testament calls us, to go to the least of these. Uh, James 1.27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. To visit orphans, some of the pictures that y'all saw of children, uh, they were orphans. Uh, some of the pictures you didn't see, because we couldn't take pictures, of, uh, of women who've been rescued uh, from trafficking, uh, are also widows. You don't have to be, like, old to be a widow. You can be young when a man abandons you. And so, we're called to go to the least of these. Galatians 2 says the same thing, except in a different way. I read this verse uh, Sunday. Galatians 2.10 says, The only thing they asked us was to remember the poor, the very thing I, Paul, was eager to do. Uh, the gospel, the Bible, calls us to go to those who are poor, who have little. Uh, if you're a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, uh, we're called to go to the least of these, uh, those who can't help themselves. We're also called to go to the last, the last. Now, uh, I'm going to use that word in different meaning, as in like last times or end times. Here's what I mean by that. In Revelation, if you go to Revelation, Revelation 7, verse 9, and then Revelation 21, it talks about the last days. And you may be like, well, why are you talking about going to the last? What do you mean by that? What I mean is, uh, if you don't like uh, different uh, people or people groups or different tribes or different languages or different races, you're probably not going to like heaven that much uh, because uh, that is what heaven is going to be like. That's what the last uh, days, which will be the beginning uh, that never ends, will be like. And Revelation tells us this. Revelation 7, verse 9, it says, After this I looked... This is John, John the disciple. And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every nation, all tribes, all peoples, all languages. And then Revelation 21 Verse 24, it's talking about the light, the light of the Lamb, the light of God Almighty, the light of Christ. 
Revelation 21, 24, it says, By its light nations will walk and kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Uh, one reason that I particularly go overseas on mission trips is I do want a little foretaste of heaven. And they're like, how India poverty be a foretaste? Well, we are going to be worshiping all nations, all languages, all tribes, all races together. And it is a foretaste uh, of heaven. And the last reason or last reason I would share tonight that Scripture calls us to go, it's the least, the last, and the lost. Because there are lost people out there. There's probably lost people in here today. And you're like, what do you mean lost? You're saying I'm lost? Lost is, you know, if you've ever been, uh, I don't know, I mean, we were in a jungle, uh, been in a wilderness. You know, it's easy to get lost, and, and you can get lost in uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, well, earthly, worldly goods like uh, wealth, uh, like lust, uh, like pride, uh, like a lot of things in this earth that appear to be good, uh, we can get lost in. And Jesus calls us to go to the lost. He says this Matthew 28. Y'all don't have to turn to it, I'll just read this. The Great Commission. He tells his followers, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You know, And these were like, First century, uh, ordinary men did not have a lot of influence, did not have a lot of means, and yet one of them, Thomas, ended up all the way in India, where we did. Jesus says, and go to all nations, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 1.8, the last recorded words uh, of Jesus before he ascended, uh, in one of my favorite verses, Jesus says, but you, that means you, the disciples then, but you, the disciples now, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Uh, it is a call to go to the least of these, to the last, and to the lost. And if we follow Christ, we are to, we're to follow him and follow what he calls us to do. Now, let me say this, not everybody would, would feel led to go to India. Uh, that's why God calls us here locally. Some people feel called to go to Honduras. Some people feel called to go to Italy. Trish says, I feel really called to go to Italy. I say, it's funny that she says that because just today I'm on the phone talking about a potential mission trip to Italy. I promise you that. Ha- so there you go. I mean, you know, it's a big world and there are lots of different people. And I believe we're all called, uh, not called to go everywhere, but we're all called to go. Uh, now, another reason, uh, before I get into kind of some things that we did, uh, why should this matter at all? Why, why should we go? Why, you know, I'd say this. You know, a lot of folks, a lot of times people will say, hey, you know, I go to a great church. I go to blankety-blank church, uh, and it's great. I hope we never say here, or hope you never say again if you have, uh, that Bellwether is a great church. Uh, I'd rather not say that. I'd rather say we serve a great God. We just serve a great God, and God can do great things. God is doing great things. God will do great things. And it's not about us. It is about God. I believe every church should be like going to India or, or wherever the Lord opens up doors to go. I believe there is a great God, and, and you have a great life in front of you when you say, I'm going to give my life to Christ, and it's a greater adventure than you've ever imagined or dreamed, and there's a greater purpose than sometimes we just get in our bubble of whether it's Jackson 
or Mississippi or, you know, it's our bubble, our deal, and God wants so much more for you. And he's a great God. And when we make it about us, and even when we make it about our church, you know, we, we miss the picture. We serve a great God. And this great God is doing great things in the world. Uh, he also created a great world. And I believe when you go as we've gone, uh, you, you see that in many different ways. Uh, we were flying to India. It was the last leg, so it was Dubai to Calcutta. Uh, and I was sitting with Dr. Philippi, with Kathy, and I said, oh, this is one of my favorite parts of the trip because it happened uh, the year before. And I said, right, open up your window. I want you to open up your window. And it's one of my favorite parts because we're, we're flying at night into the morning, and you see, like, you know, the world turn red from dark to, to red. And, like, the plane starts getting ready, like, flying into the light. And just, you know, the world waking up. Um, I was, we were flying back, and I was sitting by Lori, and it was the opposite. We were into the night, but you looked down, and it was, like, just covered with, with gold because we were leaving Dubai, and it's, like, literally made of gold. But it was all the lights, and then you flew over into the, I guess, the Persian Gulf. We, and, you know, just seeing the the grandeur of, of creation. Uh, now, I mean, you can see that deer hunting, and I will next week. But you, you do see these, like, you know, 30,000 feet, you know, and, and like a cosmic shift. I mean, it put, for me at least, it puts things in perspective of the greatness, the grandeur of creation. And that also, as, you know, as we move into the Advent season, that that same creator that did that uh, came to us, uh, lived with us, uh, laughed and cried amongst us. And, and there's just, you know, that is, that is the gospel. That is the Bible. That's, I don't know if you've ever heard it like that, but that is, that, that is it. And so I see the gospel more and more uh, when I go. And the last thing I would say before getting into some details is that uh, you do have a great life. You know, I mean, like each of you, you have a great life. Okay? God, God made you for a purpose uh, for a reason, and, and it's a great purpose. It's a great reason, and and we can get so caught up in the humdrum, and that's a trick of the devil. I, I believe it, but God wants you to have this great life and see your life wrapped up in a, I believe, a cosmic historical purpose that that began here in Acts one, and that will end in Revelation twenty one or twenty two, and that you're here for a reason, and there's a purpose for you to do. Sometimes it may be in India, sometimes it may be in Honduras, sometimes it may be in Jackson, sometimes it may be to your neighbor. And a lot of times, most of the time, you just you don't know. But you have to step out in faith uh, and just go. So that is, uh, uh, that's kind of a, an overarching context of the why that I feel it was important to share. And, you know, I'll probably, probably say that again over and over again. But uh, so we just went. We just went. And so I want to give you a day-by-day and then uh, if any of our team wants to interrupt me, uh, y'all may. If y'all want to add something like, oh, you forgot this, or, you know, you didn't see this, so, so please do this. So we're going to start day one, okay? I'm going to just go through it. Uh, day one, um, day one, we, we got there. Uh, we did not want to leave the hotel, or I didn't at least, because I was so uh, zonked out. But we had a meeting to go to a, a school that uh, would have some pastors there who would uh, who would at some time, plant a church uh, in the Bengal area, which Bengal is, a, is an area of India with Calcutta. 
And so they plan a church. So we went to this, uh, this place, and I mean, I was, I was like seriously wiped out. Uh, but uh, we heard these testimonies uh, from men who had converted from either Hinduism uh, or Islam to Christianity. Uh, and, you know, powerful testimonies of, of leaving families, you know, like leaving parents, uh, leaving brothers and sisters uh, to serve the Lord. Uh, and there was one moment, uh, and some of y'all may help me, I think Kathy had gone down to do some doctoring, and Roger had gone down to do some doctoring, but there was one guy who was a pastor or was becoming a pastor, and like, you know, he just broke down uh, about the challenges uh, that he was facing, and um, Ashok, if you hear me say Ashok, he was our point person, he was our pastor contact, he said, you know, let's, let's gather around him and pray over him, and so we all gathered together, Jay, remember that, Lori? Uh, T-Bird, and, uh, and prayed over him. And I said, like, you know, just that moment, the whole trip was worth it. Just, I, said, if no, I told him, I was like, if nothing else happens, uh, hearing that and praying, I was like, it's worth the whole trip right then. And that's just day one. Uh, then we were able to uh, go down and, uh, again, Kathy, Roger, were ministering uh, with their gifts uh, to a lot of the children. Uh, and then we crashed, uh, or, or I crashed. We went back to the hotel and I... I crashed on the bus even even before we arrived. Day two, I have, <laughs> go ahead, please do. That's, yeah, um, I think I was talking to some Dobby. I was talking to Dobby today, and because uh, my first trip to India uh, was a different experience, it was the first time you know been in there, and and I just I felt more of a spiritual darkness. Uh, than I did this trip, and part of it was just uh, being in, you know, where it's primarily either Hindu or Muslim, and, I mean, you're hearing it, I mean, you're literally hearing it, in, like drum beats and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and just uh, a very, very non-Christian place, and that's why the Christians that are there, I mean, they do rely on the supernatural uh, so much more, uh, which is prayer. Uh, but anyway, let me go through it. Uh, day two, uh, we went to another school, and we met more younger pastors who would be going out to, uh, to train, uh, to teach, preach, and start churches. Uh, I will say this, because uh, this is what impacted me, uh, Ashok, again, you'll hear me say Ashok a lot because he was our point person. Uh, one of the struggles this uh, ministry, which is JKPS, is having is getting people or churches to support the church planners. Uh, they also have an outreach to uh, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking which we went to as well, but he said, you know, everybody wants to give to that, which is great, but he said, we have trouble raising money for the church planners, and so he even asked us uh, to consider, he's like, you know, would y'all pray about uh, supporting four guys, four young men, 150 a month, which would be $600 a month, uh, and that would be, that, that'd be their deal, they'd, they'd be taken care of, that would be their life, and so they would be able to, uh, to study, to grow, and help them uh, plant a church. Now, I was convicted about that. We'll have uh, more discussions. I mean, that decision is not made, but that was one thing that, that the Lord really spoke to me about, um, was that these guys need help uh, to be supported. So we went there. Uh, we rode our first rickshaw. Uh, around a, you saw that, and it was literally like, you know, going through the jungle. Uh, it was pretty cool. Went there, and then we started going to the, uh, uh, the rescue centers, the aftercare shelters, uh, for the girls, visited three aftercare shelters, actually two, and one transition home. Uh, so you're like, well, what, what happens there? Well, uh, there are girls that are there, 
Uh, I think the youngest that we heard from was 12. Uh, I don't think there was anybody over 18 there. Y'all may debate me on that. Uh, first one, we had uh, 10 girls, 10 or 12 girls. Second one was about 25. Uh, y'all be like, well, what did you do? Really just hung with them. I mean, like, sat around uh, talking, sharing our stories. They would ask questions, uh, sharing how God had worked in our life, sharing how we came to faith. Jay got up and danced some. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just, you know, like, just hung out with them and just let them know that we cared. Uh, then the last place was a transition center. So after you would go from the aftercare shelter uh, to the transition, that would be like the next step to being out in the world. And uh, so these, are, these places are run very well. Uh, they got uh, uh, stout women leaders who care for them and, and keep it organized and keep it on task. Uh, and these girls are, uh, are, are literally rescued and uh, beginning to start a new life. Um, anything else anybody want to add? Okay. Day three. Day three, we went to uh, IJM, which is International Justice Mission, uh, which they are the ones who do the rescuing. So they have, uh, I call them like CIA for Christ. Uh, Tabor's already applied. Uh, and they literally have agents, field agents. Uh, they would not be like a, a me or an us, white, American, like native folks who uh, befriend pimps. Okay, and form a relation. I mean, it's straight up like CIA. Like, you know, develop an asset, develop a relationship. Uh, do not want that relationship to be compromised uh, because then that uh, risks the chance of them not rescuing the girls. So they're like undercover, uh, and they uh, either uh, literally rescue or they uh, try to get the law um, to convict somehow. That's very hard because prostitution, uh, these, all this stuff is legal there. So it's like really part of the fabric of the culture. Um, and I'll say more about that here in the next day. But they infiltrate it. They've got lawyers there uh, in their office, in their field office, working to try to convict cases. Um, you know, we talked about 10, 25, 30 rescued girls. But, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're hundreds and really thousands. I mean, Calcutta is a base because of where it is in India, uh, Nepal is right above it, and um, Bangladesh is right beside it. And so it's like a shuttle, uh, girls that are kidnapped from villages, brought to Calcutta, and then they either go elsewhere or they stay there. So it's just a hub for the sex trafficking uh, trade. Uh, so we, anyway, I went to IJM, inspired by them. Uh, then we had a little gap time, and we uh, went to a mall, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, had a good meal. But... Um, um, I think some folks had good conversations. We had a gap time because then we went to Mother Teresa's home. Uh, and uh, this was moving uh, different, different ways to different folks. It was moving to me, I would say, because Mother Teresa, if you know her story, she gave up a life of wealth. Uh, she came from, um, I believe, I don't know, an Eastern European country, very wealthy, saw a vision for God to serve uh, the least of these in India and, uh, and committed her life to service. Um, it's an interesting place where they've got it. I mean, it, they've got her, her tomb, and I, I'll be honest. I mean, it's a little bit kind of, you know, she's not Jesus, obviously. And so, but, you know, they had it where, you know, people would be kneeling there. I do, again, I feel convicted that uh, it's important to see because just a life given to service. I mean, she had a great quote. Um, 
I took a picture of it to remember it, but it says, God has not called me to be successful. God has called me to be faithful. And I think that is, uh, that is so true. After Mother Teresa's house, uh, we had a very impactful uh, time um, that we literally walked down uh, a street in the red light district. Um, it was not like a little alleyway. It was one of the main thoroughfares. Uh, one of the uh, leaders of the aftercare shelter uh, took us on this tour, but she said, and I didn't think we were going to walk, uh, and this is something I'd never done before. When Tabor, I didn't. I mean, I was like, you know, we, are you sure? But, you know, I trusted her. When Tabor and I walked those streets last year, it was in the daylight, so it was night, and, you know, just walking down, and you see, you know, I mean, extreme, you know, babies, you know, dirty on the street, um, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the girls were lined up. Uh, the girls were lined up. The uh, uh, they say that other some other red light areas. I mean, there's only one red light district. Some other ones, uh, the girls are lined up even more. But those are a bit uh, more dangerous. Uh, there's the goddess of Kali Temple or whatever it is. Uh, Kali, yeah, goddess of, of death, I think. And if you've ever seen Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom, that was the same. Uh, Gary, you've seen it. It's goddess of Kali, really, you know, the heart and all that. Anyway, so, uh, so that's just all around. And, you know, I was reminded, um, you know, as we're walking, and it is. I mean, it's like literal, uh, visceral darkness. Uh, but I was just reminded of us, you know, just walking as the light of Christ. I mean, at the end of the day, there is, uh, now I know you'd be like, well, I don't know about that, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's nothing we have to fear. I mean, Jesus is one, uh, victory is ours, and uh, I did not want him to go because of the females on our trip, uh, honestly, I mean, go down that walk, but we did, and, uh, you know, we're just walking as the light of Christ uh, in that darkness, and uh, it moved us uh, all in, in uh, different ways, but uh, there is there's that real darkness there, but our church was, was walking through it, and, and we're doing something about it. Um, the next day, I, w- I want to share this with you all. We went to a village church, which is about three hours outside of Calcutta, and experienced a baptism service there. Uh, they had six, seven, eight, okay, eight people, eight new believers that were baptized. Again, three-hour drive into, uh, into a smaller village, more like a jungle, uh, a jungle, and uh, we were watching out for snakes. I mean, really, we were watching out for snakes. And so there was a service, and they had the eight, and they led us to, the best way I could describe it would be like a moat. A moat. I mean, it was, it was water, but it was still, so I don't know if it was a creek or it was a lake, but, you know, so there's water down there, and they baptized, you know, eight new believers. And, and then we came back and had some more worship. Uh, it was a powerful experience. Uh, you know, whether it's baptism here, like right here, or whether it's baptism there, uh, you know, seeing and feeling uh, the power of the Holy Spirit work uh, and having new brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, they did say, uh, we took a lot of pictures, they said don't post any of these pictures uh, because it could uh, compromise their families uh, or their lives. And, and that is a reality that we just, uh, we don't have. I mean, think of baptism services we've had here and you don't want to celebrate and everything and pictures we've posted and say, like, hey, this is a great celebration but it could, it could threaten them uh, or their families. Uh, and that, that is a reality many Christians uh, around the world face. Uh, so that, that, 
really convicted me. Anything else on that day you want to share? Well, and that, that ties into what we've already been talking about. Uh, Ashok told me that, that, you know, there'll be people who walk five, six hours to go to church, uh, who will work to get to church. And I would say, you know, we have to work to get them to church. And, uh, you know, it is, you know, their, their faith is such a, you know, they just don't take it for granted. And um, not that we do, but we do uh, in our culture when you have a church on every corner. Uh, and it's easy to, and it. That really, seeing that, hearing that, living that, even for, you know, a week, I mean, it, it really strengthens my faith and about how uh, important uh, this is and what we call the gospel and how life-changing it is and how, what I said at the beginning, how, how you are caught up in this grander narrative tapestry uh, that, you know, began in Acts and continues on and people will die for it. Um, and I want to be able to die for it, honestly. And, you know, and seeing that, Makes me inspired to do so. So, uh, anyway, um, that was that day. Uh, the next day was our last in Calcutta. Uh, the only thing we had on our schedule is to worship uh, at the church that Ashok pastored. It's called Calcutta Christian Fellowship. Uh, awesome time of worship. Uh, really great community there. Um, a lot of expatriates. If you don't know what that is, that would be like Americans living there abroad. So, a mixture of native Indians and white Americans. Uh, coming together to worship, uh, very, uh, I don't know what y'all, you know, y- y'all got your opinions, but really strong community and just blessed uh, to worship. Um, I remember, I think, well, Blessed Assurance was sung, and I was really moved by it. I was, thought about my, my home church in Myrtle, Mississippi, singing Blessed Assurance, and here I was in Calcutta, India, you know, here. It. Um, so very touched just being able to worship there and seeing the church there. Which I will, I will defend some of my, my peeps here. I, th- I, think we have, I think we do have a great community, and I think a lot of people do hang around uh, here. But I'd agree there. I mean, they have a built-in courtyard, uh, and it's not like you got McAllister's or Nukes, you know, right down the road. So you kind of got to stay. So that, that there are some, some benefits to, to keeping them there. But I, the sense of the church was just, you know, a community of Christ you know, to be together and share life with one another. Um, and, and we felt part of that. So, um, going through, uh, the next thing I would say, I just want to jump to this. And again, any, oh, Gary, do you have a question? Okay. There you go. 16 million people. Um, let me, any, any questions, uh, shoot them out. I'm going to skip to, so we flew from Calcutta to Hyderabad. Okay. Now, Heisel, uh, you went to Hyderabad with me and Tabor went three years ago, and so I was very blessed, this part of the trip, because, uh, you know, that 2011 trip, uh, this school came out of that, our time, and uh, the Mustard Seed Faith Foundation School, Tabor, your chairman of the board, or president, or whatever, he's leading that, they've started a school, uh, it has 80 or 90 kids, I think the youngest I met was four, goes to about seventh grade. And um, they're trying to get it from 7th grade to what we'd have 12th grade. Uh, but these kids would have nothing. Uh, they would have no place to go if it weren't for this school. And they, uh, there's Brother Roger. Come on in. And so they have, uh, they have a place. They have a school. And, you know, the one thing I was struck by is, you know, a, a little room 
Dirty in Calcutta, India. Prep, JA. Um, some of the basics of teaching are still the same, you know. Uh, there was order and discipline in the classroom. I mean, she was a tough teacher. Um, there was a love of learning. Uh, you know, I, I, at least Jay, I don't know about prep. Prep probably does. You know, they, each student will have an iPad. You know, they had their little blackboard, had their blackboard, and they would do the chalk on it. And uh, They memorized Scripture, and I'm going to tell you, they memorized Scripture. They know their Bible verses, uh, and they're proud of it. And, uh, you know, it's just awesome to see all these all these kids uh, learning and growing. If they were not there, they'd be on the street. Um, there were special needs kids there. Uh, you heard, if you are here Sunday, I talked about uh, a young girl uh, who really had physically deformed. Um, I don't know what you call it, but her spine was really messed up. And um, You know, they said, you know, for, for anyone like that, physically, mentally challenged, they're pretty much done in India. I mean, they're, they're just not going to survive. So they have a place, they have a home, uh, and they're growing that school. So it, uh, we are, as a church, supporting that school monthly. And uh, that just gave me uh, a lot of pride in, uh, in seeing how uh, those funds uh, were being used and seeing how um, we might be able to do more. Do y'all have anything to add, Tabor? I mean, you specifically. Yeah, um, I got a lot to add, but uh-huh. I won't spend much time now, but Mm-hmm. But it was just it was great to see, uh, you know, what came out of that trip and then also what Mustard Seed has done. Um, so it really made me proud and proud of us to, to be there. Um, the last thing I'll share, and then if anybody you know, wants to have any questions or anything, we went to Dubai uh, afterwards. Uh, we skied in Dubai, me, Lori, Kathy, uh, which was an experience. But we also went, and it, here's why I'm going to share this. We went because... Uh, there's a church, some folks I know that are planting a church in Dubai. And uh, I think, um, how do I say this? I probably underestimated it in myself uh, to go from India uh, to Dubai. Uh, it was such a dramatic shift that, uh, I mean, it, it really is kind of trippy. That's the best way I could say it. It's kind of trippy. And uh, it got into a little bit kind of surreal uh, for me, at least. And, uh, but anyway, visiting with the pastor and his wife, who she's from Oxford, he's from South Haven, um, you know, they, they have their struggles. And I really, I told Linda this, you know, I was very convicted uh, to do something for them. I don't know what we're going to do, but to help them in some way uh, as a former, well, as a current church planter. Um, I mean, I know a lot of the travails and struggles. And the Lord really convicted me on this. I told our staff, this Monday, and y'all may not get this at all, but it's something I feel that I haven't done a good, as good of a job doing, but want to do a better job. We're a church plant, um, we're still a church plant, uh, but we don't necessarily have a church plant culture in our church. You're like, what do you mean by that? Well, we're not as active as I feel we should be in helping other church plants or planters start. And, uh, and therefore, I mean, that's something the Lord just laid on my heart uh, when I was there. Because you've got this, you know, they, they had uh, the beginnings of this church, starting a church in Dubai. And it is a struggle. It's a real struggle. They said, um, or she said, the wife, and I talked more to her than I did to the husband. But the Muslims are kinder to them than Christians are. Uh, because Christians are so territorial. And there's been division uh, in their church. 
uh, a lot of division. And so, anyway, even in this setting of wealth, and they lived um, near a beach, and, you know, we were able to uh, go to a beach and, uh, you know, enjoy God's creation, um, you know, there's real struggle. And so I just have a heart for people trying to literally expand the kingdom of God. And I know, like, we get in our, our Bible belt, you know, buckle the Bible belt, you know, it kind of goes over our head. But anyway, that's just something somewhere the Lord's leading me. Uh, do y'all have anything to add on Dubai? Okay. I think it's easy to, um, you know, you see the poverty in India, and it's easy to see the needs there, but there are these emotional and spiritual needs. You know, it could be Dubai or London or New York or San Francisco, and, uh, and we're called to reach them as well. So uh, any questions? Mm-hmm. She's huge in Calcutta. Uh, you'll see images of her, statues of her uh, driving down the street. Um, I think, I think they, I mean, her nickname there is just Mother, just like Mother of the City, it's known as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the first day when we met uh, that, that first slew of pastors, they even said that it was easier to convert from Hinduism because they did, you know, it's actually a lot of stuff you see in read and hear in the U.S. is basic Hinduism. I mean, like secular spirituality, you know, kind of all, all paths lead to one. I mean, it's the same type idea. All paths lead to the uh, same place. And so it's easier to convert Hindu where a Muslim, it, it is more rigid. Muhammad, Allah, the roles, and differentiated. So, uh, you know, that was the guy in India. There's one guy who's making a lot of headway uh, with converting Muslims. He'd been a former Muslim, but they said it was tougher uh, to do. Um, Jay? Can I just share a couple things? Yeah, yeah, man. That's um, why we're here. I, I kind of want to go back to the beginning. I mean, one thing that for, for me, um, uh, um, it's not like I'm so Good word, bro. Uh, last thing I'm going to say. And uh, seriously talk to us. Um, Jay said it, but I like to say, you know, you can win a lot of baseball games by hitting singles. And uh, you're like, you know, well, we, we always long for the home run, uh, but you win a lot of games hitting singles. And going back to that first trip in 11, and we didn't know what was going to come out of that. Well, now there's a school. Um, you know, it's very rare. I mean, I hear God kind of gradually, but when there's like these just direct, you know, on the forehead moments. June of, of 2013, I was, uh, we were actually at the beach, and Tabor and I had talked about doing the trip last year, but it was kind of vague. I mean, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, what it was about. We just had Ethan. Uh, Linda was like, you should go. But anyway, I was like, you know, do I, we're, the church was uh, getting renovated. I was like, I don't, and I was walking on the beach, and I was really, you know, thinking, praying, should I do that trip? Uh, and God said specifically and just so clearly, uh, he, he said, you need to go. And he said, you know, not everybody's called to go all over the world, and that's okay. And not everybody's wired that way. Um, he said, but you are first. And he said, uh, you know, as you go, others will follow. And, uh, and so he and I went uh, a year ago. And we, didn't, we weren't even sure what that would lead to, but this year eight went. 
Uh, and, you know, it does, you know, from three years back, the school uh, to more, y'all that are interested. So the Lord does build, but it's in his time. It's not our time. And uh, we just have to be faithful, uh, like that quote is. He, you know, he doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. Uh, a lot of y'all here, the last thing I'll say tonight, I know a lot of y'all here are searching. I mean, y'all are like searching for life. And there's, there's a void. Uh, Jesus said, if you're always trying to save your life, you're going to lose it. He said, if you'll lose your life for me, you'll find it. And that is the bottom line. I mean, you, want, you preach, teach, talk all you want, and that's the bottom line. If you'll lose yourself for him, wherever that may take, you'll find life and the peace and strength. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, I pray that I'd lose my life more and more uh, for you. I pray this church would lose uh, its identity more and more uh, just for you and that these people uh, who do struggle and who are searching uh, would let go and let you just take over. And uh, I know they'll find peace and strength um, in the community of a church and the fellowship here uh, to just uh, keep growing stronger and expand your kingdom. And whether that is on Northside Drive or in the streets of Calcutta or wherever it is you call us, uh, we'll do that and we will go. Thank you that you went before us on the cross and you're going before us now by your Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here.